everyone to the rest podcast where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion chaos and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life today we're essentially expanding on our previous topic but this time acknowledging the distinct roles between men and women now before people get offended and think like oh how dare they you know women can do same things as men and you know go off on that whole topic just wait listen in and you'll see what I'm actually referring to. So anyway, welcome back, Gregory and Virginia. It's nice to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. Virginia, would you like to start us off? The other day, I read an interesting quote. It said, it went something like this. Power is an individual's ability to control others, while authority is influence that is predicated on perceived legitimacy. When I read that quote, I thought, wow. I need to think about that for the next six months. You <laughs> no know, kidding. I do. Oh, yes. You know, I do. And I need to just ponder the legitimacy of that. And then it occurred to me that Dr. Charles Kraft, who mentored me for years, mm-hmm. he's a cultural anthropologist, taught at UCLA, and then finished up at Fuller for the last 30 years of his professional career, has a lot of insight into the dynamics between men and women family systems. And one day he looked across the table at me and said, Virginia, the difficulty in establishing honor in a culture of contempt is in people's misunderstanding of two foundational roles, and that is the role of a man and the role of a woman in the institution of marriage. Mm -hmm. Because that is the foundational institution that determines the destiny, the health, the welfare of a nation. We often hear, as goes the family, so goes a nation. I asked him, where is the breakdown? And he said, it's simple. Men have authority. Women have power. The lie, and I asked him, where's the lie then? Yeah. I think anatomy speaks for itself. Yeah. Men have authority. Women have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. You don't find one single proverb warning a woman about the ways of a man. But you have many proverbs warning a man about the ways of a woman. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's because women have all the chips in their hands. They have a lot of power. And it was Dr. Charles Kraft who said to me, when I asked him, where's the lie? He said that they're equal or that. You can have one without the other. Mm. You cannot have authority without power. And you cannot have power without authority. Otherwise the question is function. Right. So the lie is that it's an issue of value when in fact the issue is one of function. Every institution needs a person in position of authority. And then that person in position of authority must have people in their organization, on their team, that has power to execute the authority, the mission, the vision of what that institution represents. Mm -hmm. In this case, we have families. It is a foundational institution of government. A man has authority. A woman has power. He's supposed to honor, cherish, see her intrinsic value in his life. And she has power. The union of those two things create this force field that is not 
penetrable. Yeah. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Penetrable. I yeah. think in Spanish and speaking English, <laughs> I have a problem. Yes. Penetrable Pen- is Penetrable. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's penetrable. And the lie is that the role of a man and the function of a woman is a question of value or worth. And respect. And when in fact... It's, you can't have one without the other. Right. You cannot have a head, if you will. Mm-hmm. If we look at the man being the head of the home, the woman being the heart, the soul of the home, the body, right? You cannot have a head without a body. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. <laughs> and function, you can have a head without a body, and you can have a body without a head. But mm-hmm. you can't have them exclusive of each other, and you can't have one without the other and function. Yeah, appropriately. Appropriately. Right. Mm-hmm. And we see that in many facets of society today. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I believe if we don't have these difficult conversations and these truthful and transparent conversations, I don't see a way to end the madness. Mm-hmm. So today, I wanted to talk about the power of the woman and the authority of men mm-hmm. and how both are so necessary Mm -hmm. for us to heal the deep wounds that we see in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think Gregory spoke powerfully about that because he spoke about the situation with his family, but he took personal responsibility for himself. So with that, I would like to continue our conversation. Gregory, you touched on this dynamic as being deficient in your home and how it eroded trust and faith and it infringed on your capacity to love each other so the confusion chaos and disease and dad the confusion chaos and disease and mom compounded in what you were observing Mm -hmm. so we have three giant invisible dynamics Mm -hmm. that the child is trying to process and i want you to talk a little bit about your need for your father, the desire to be a man, the Mm -hmm. desire to step into manhood, the desire for your father, Mm -hmm. the desire for leadership, the desire for mentoring, the desire that you had to know what it is to be a man. And then I also want you to address the need that you had to see that sensitivity and submission to come under dad in one mission And I want you to talk about your need for mom. So first off, I think men have the authority to lead the household where women can take, I would say, because authority requires legitimacy, women have the power, the ability to... Undermine that legitimacy. Exactly. Undermine that legitimacy, which can undermine the entire structure of the home. Because Mm -hmm. if the man's supposed to lead, especially for kids, they're looking for the dad to lead. But then the mother undermines that man. They think, well, can I trust him to lead? You know? And I think women reinforce the authority of a man. They have that power. It goes to power. Exactly. Yeah. It goes to power. The head needs the body and the body needs the head. They need each other. And I want to interject that this is your story because we do Mm -hmm. have situations where dads are absent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The workaholics, which is epidemic, right? Yeah. And when a father's absent from the home, mom's left in the home and often, I might add, overwhelmed mm-hmm. with yeah. everything that's required. And so this is your story. Yeah. And in your case, it was mom that was kind of undermining the authority, the authority of, of my dad. Yeah. So it would say it definitely <clears throat> caused me to not un- unsure on whether I could follow my dad's lead or not. 
because you know I love them both and I want to trust them both. And because women have that power, like, you know, listening to mom and because dad works and mom was home, I was around mom more. So I could hear mom more on her perspective and her side of things versus she had your ear. Yeah, exactly. She had my ear because she was just there where my dad was working, you know, working to provide the way he, you know, the way he should, the way he does. So because I had more time with my mother, I definitely say it would, it, it would influence me more to lean towards her side of understanding or just uh, in, not that you're supposed to pick a side, but for just for clear understanding to leads toward the idea that I can't trust him to lead. Does that make sense? Well, it's simple. You were with mom all day, mm-hmm. and she's not coming under the same mission of your father who's trying to provide and for you guys and take care. Yeah. And take care. Because submission can imply a weakness, mm-hmm. when in fact it's not. It's meekness. And meekness mm-hmm. is power under control. Yes. So real power is when a woman has a capacity to contain her own convictions or mm-hmm. her own anger or her own frustration or her own fears, let's mm-hmm. say that. And not pour those things into her children, but there again, step into a place of rest herself, regulate those conflicts she has within herself mm-hmm. in order to support her husband out trying to honor, to trying to support the family. Yeah. And I think we talked about this earlier, like the, the, the meaning of submission is like you, you had said it under one mission. It's there, they're unified because the man needs the woman to give him that legitimacy to be able to effectively and functionally use his authority to lead the family and protect them, protect and, and, and protect. Absolutely. My company, I have authority in my company. Mm-hmm. Right. And Natalie has a lot of power here. And so does Randy Lee and Renee. Everybody has power. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if they undermine me or I disrespect them, mm-hmm. if I don't stay focused on what it is required to exercise lawful authority in my company, right? Let's mm-hmm. just take it to something abstract. Yeah. And I don't honor my team, honor them, seeing their intrinsic value to us as a team and how I operate this and run this business, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. But I need them also to use the power that I've given them. They operate on delegated power that I've given them. And I don't take it away, but I do challenge them to exercise that power with great discernment. And mm-hmm. integrity. And integrity, right? Our core values. Mm-hmm. Love, integrity, and don't ever lose sight of what's sacred, right? Mm-hmm. That's our. Those are our three core yeah. values. So even here in an institution, being not as foundational as a family, but we see this dynamic and this ten, and and we we've got to maintain this alignment, right? yeah. if you will. But to maintain that alignment in our company, right? I have to operate from a position of authority, and they have a lot of power, and we need that alignment to operate to function. One cannot exist with yet without the other. Mm-hmm. And in a family, and I and you mentioned this last time, and I found it very compelling, and you said it well. But it's very simply said. Somebody has to have authority and somebody has to have power. Intuitively, intuitively, children see their daddies as a protector, mm-hmm. as the hunter. Mm-hmm. And they see mom as a nurturer. The caretaker. We have caretaker. We have breasts. Mm-hmm. We have curves. We're soft. Mm-hmm. Just intuitively, right? And we have a unique role in the life of our children. And that role is divine. We have a relationship with our children that our children will never have with another living human being. 
they grew in us. Mm-hmm. Their entire constitution is woven into our anatomy and our anatomy into theirs. Mm-hmm. That is why the love of a mother is a divine love. It's very different than the love of a father. Mm-hmm. Completely. And that dynamic in the home, it's sacred. The relationship between a woman and her children is sacred. Yeah. And it is imperative, right, mm-hmm. that we understand those boundaries. And I love that you're pointing out you intuitively were so in alignment and so connected and bonded or not. You know, there's dynamic situations that happen that make bonding difficult. But nevertheless, the hunger and the desire and the need and when bonding is hindered, right, mm-hmm. causes a lot of problems yeah. because it's a it's a very unique relationship between a mother and her children. So a woman has an incredible amount of power. So I don't think she meant to undermine your dad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she didn't. Nobody intentionally destroys her children mm-hmm. or nobody oh, yeah. intentionally destroys trust yeah. in their family. We yeah. don't see it that way. If, but if, it's damaging. It's damaging. I think a lot of it comes from, once again, this can go back into communication, make sure things aren't communicated properly. And, and part, I would say part of that proper communication in reinforcing that, that dynamic in the home is not having disagreements in front of your children and not fighting in front of your kids. If you're going to do it, it should be separated away from them and then you should come to them unified under one mission. If you don't, it can cause that tension because, I mean, kids, kids are, they're learning everything. Children are learning. They're, they're literally born practically with nothing, and they need to learn everything. So they're learning. It's like, who do I trust? Who do I not trust? Who do I love? How do, how do I do these things? And then when you see conflict in between, you get this distorted vision of, are they unified? Are they not? Do I trust one more than the other? And these are subconscious questions that I, I totally believe that the kid thinks about. And this is what, and we're going to get back to this, but this is why I keep bringing you back to, and I want to keep bringing the conversation mm-hmm. back to, the real conflict your mother had was not with your father. Mm-hmm. The real conflict your mom had was with herself. It manifested mm-hmm. in how she loved her dad. Oh, yeah. And that's why when we invite people into this place of rest, we help them reconcile the conflict they have within themselves among their own constituents because it becomes instrumental and this is a perfect example of how it manifests itself and it can derail a whole family mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about dad uh what specific would you like to know about him like his background how did he respond to this to this undermining caused a lot of frustration and it caused lack of affection or a lack of romance with my mom because it impacted how he loved her absolutely because he felt undermined he felt exactly he felt undermined and in, in that when those things aren't addressed and communicated properly it leads to a buildup of tension that if not addressed properly will just grow bigger and bigger and bigger and cause you to react in unhealthy ways whether it be fighting and screaming name so calling. it fueled his anger absolutely it fueled his anger that I mean, and he has anger from his childhood. We all have our own stuff from our own childhood, but I would definitely say that it didn't help any point of him leading and having that authority in the home. And because he felt undermined, and we had talked a little bit about this in the last uh, conversation, was about purpose. And then he can end up blaming her for that. Well, I'll tell you something that was told to me by somebody I have an enormous respect for. Mm -hmm. He said, no woman is that powerful in the life of a man. Whenever a man can crumble like that Mm -hmm. and not lead and still honor and cherish and love, it's because there's things from his own childhood that are unreconciled within Mm -hmm. himself. Absolutely. So, But as children, we start picking sides a little bit. 
oh, and absolutely. seeing how mom damaged dad or dad mom damaged mom. But these are complex things, and I want to bring it back to he's got things within himself. Absolutely, and it's 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 not a blame game. It's understanding on what that that per- person's perspective is. Like it, absolutely, we we all have uh, the responsibility of our own choices, and we choose. To respond, I like I can choose to respond to get angry. He had a choice to respond to get angry, or uh, a chance to respond, and he had the choice to respond with reason and proper communication. We all have that choice. But I, I that, but I live in the world where I have to. That's a that's a cliche. That that that's become such a cliche, and I I feel I get chills every time I hear it because it's so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. If we are not aware of the conflicts within ourselves and the thoughts that we feed ourselves and how we interpret ourselves, our circumstances, and the world around us, we almost don't have a choice because our central nervous system and our propensity to mm-hmm. believe and absorb all these lies will sabotage the truth of what in fact is happening. And that's the great thing about rest. That is why rest is so great is because it. And it helped because I had already started and just in my journey, in my experiences, I had already started my journey in lurking into several different dynamics. Resources, you mean? Well, resources and Uh and trying to find understanding on multiple different levels that rest helped connect a lot of the dots for me, which is why I was able to understand as I did was because rest helped me look deeper and understand why I was feeling or even responding the way I was responding. Good for you. And then it allowed me to address that and work towards the greatest person I could be, the one that God wants me to be as a man. And that's why that's why rest is so good is because it helps people look inward in unconventional ways. I might add, mm-hmm. yeah, don't it, you it, think? Absolutely, it's it's because you're right. There, there's a point when you only know what you know, you know, and if and they only know what they know exactly, and they yeah. show and they up do. to play with all the best resources they have, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so this helps them equip them better to understand themselves, love themselves, and build them up. And then they can come with more understanding and they come to play. They come with, I would say, better toys to play with, you know, stuff that helps equip them for success in that relationship. I think it also gives them a desire, like a desire to learn, a desire to Mm -hmm. gain awareness of the other person's perspective. They see a door out. Yeah, they see a way out. Exactly. And they see, they've gained awareness about themselves and like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this about myself. What does that mean for this other person? What are some things? No one wants to stay in the mud. No one wants to stay in those really bad situations, scenarios. And by the way, what a credit credit to your parents that they've been married how many years? Yeah. They've been, they've been married, let's see, I would say, 32? Th- I think it's 31, 32 years. 32 years, years yeah, this year. Yeah, and they're still married. I respect, they're married. They're not quitting. No, they're the not. The easy thing is to quit and to walk away. Mm-hmm. And we find statistics, not that we need statistics on this, but. Oh, I have You them. can't run from, you have them, <laughs> I, have I bet them. you do. <laughs> you can't run from you. Right. You cannot run from you. No matter how old you are, what situation you find yourself in, at the end of the day, you cannot run from yourself and jane made a great she was a great example of that she tried to run from herself she even states in her song that she was a stick of dynamite waiting to explode when she moved out to california trying to run from herself that she she couldn't do it by the way you can run from a town you can run from a community you can run from east coast to west coast it doesn't matter you must reconcile the conflict you have within yourself and i want to bring the conversation to that because when you walked into my office you impacted me so deeply. In three hours that we ended up meeting together. Talk, talking. Uh, yeah, chatting. Not only did you put all the chips on the table, but I remember a number of times during our discussion, your eyes just welled up with tears. 
And I probed that, and, and you said, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Talk about that. So because where, where you that felt c- so much hope. Well, where that comes from, from me is a love for, I mean, just myself and my future and my family. Because for the longest time, I only knew how to express what I was feeling with anger, with aggression. And I thought for the longest time that I was just angry with my dad and I was angry with my mom and everything else. And that's only the only way I knew how to express what I was feeling. In yourself. With, exactly, within myself. as I was, Towards yourself, by the way. Or, yes, definitely, definitely towards myself. And it, mm-hmm. it made me not like myself in a lot of different ways. Because, I, I mean, I didn't like, as much as I told myself I liked being angry, I did not like being angry because it wasn't, it, it, it didn't feel great. But, and then when, and over time, like, I, I've learned that what I'm actually feeling is I'm feeling pain because I love them so much. I want more for them. Mm-hmm. I want them to be their best selves. I want them to have the best relationships they can have. And I care for them so much. And it, when you have people that you care about and you love so much, you can't help but want and when you figure this out it's it's overwhelming you can't help but want to just break down and cry because you see them suffering and when you're able to it's funny because when when you're able to identify that okay let's say dad's reacting this way and then you're able to line up why he's reacting that way and that there's so much pain and in him brokenness in him you just want to break down and cry i felt that for my dad and my mom so that one meeting three hours and by the way that's what i tried to get to Mm-hmm. like that yeah that's what i want to get to mm-hmm. because i want you to see that to look at dynamics and situations and relationships any other way other than the necessity to learn how to self-govern mm-hmm. and regulate your own hopes dreams passions fears that becomes your pilgrimage you get the baton now You get to run this leg of the race. The beautiful consequence that I have found to be the result of rest is that people get this so quickly and they immediately leave with tools and resources. As you know, I always give homework, right? Mm -hmm. People leave, but they leave with the tools and the resources that will cause them to soar beyond anything I could ever give them, tell them, teach them. Something happens, and I think it's because we're called to reconcile these conflicts within ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And to see our limitations. But what I love, and I'm telling you, almost 100% of almost 100 people Mm -hmm. that came from the ages of 22 to 35 years old to see me in the last two years, almost 100% of them said, would you please help my family? Because they became so free so quickly. Yeah. And that it was love for their family that compelled them and no judgment. If you're that angry with your, like from, from, from my experience, I was so angry with them. It was, it was really because I loved them so much. It wasn't because I hated them. I just didn't know how to express it. You had said something uh, just a second ago. I don't think, especially in my generation, we are not taught how to handle or deal with what we feel, or even in the, just the chaotic life of whether it's from the home or whether it's just from life in general, of our own brokenness. We don't know. And then what rest allows is to equip them yes. to help right. men fix and love themselves. And that's why people come and they was like, can you help my mom? Can you help my dad? Can you help my family member? Because they're like, I want them to feel this freedom from the burden or the pain that I was feeling. Because when you know you break a bone, you feel pain for so long. And then when it's healed, you're like, oh, I'm not in pain anymore. It's just relaxing. That's and what you felt. That's exactly what that feeling is. And your eyes water because you're just, it's, it's, it's happy tears of, 
this is incredible. It's accessible. It's and, and it's accessible. I've never felt so equipped to handle things in my life. Yeah, because then you're no longer coping. You're actually able to Ad- reason address, through it. Exactly. Yeah, address it exactly. and and process it, work through it. Hence, we invite people into a place of rest mm-hmm. to reason yeah. the significance, right? And to find significance in reason in order to displace the confusion, chaos, and dis-ease that ails us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love your story. I remember nobody's ever hugged me so tight when they left my office. And I hug everybody. Mm -hmm. But nobody has ever hugged me like you did. And I just Mm -hmm. felt the strength, the conviction, and the resolve that this will end with you. I just found that so compelling. So you've branded my soul as well in more ways than I can tell you. Every single person that comes through my door is like a seed that's planted. And just because you leave doesn't mean the impact of what you've left behind leaves me. Time waters it all. And I draw from the experiences I had with you. And for us, it was one very specific day. And the impact I've seen that have in your life and the consequence in the life of your mom and your dad and how you view the world Years ago, Gregory, I was having tea with a friend in the Los Rios district in San Juan, close to my home of 30 years in San Clemente. And I was talking about this book I've been writing around honor and what was happening to America. This is almost a decade ago. And I looked over to my left and there was this beautiful boy and he had this tattoo and it said, born to hate And I looked over at my friend who was very involved in politics and my eyes filled up with tears. And I said, wow, the rage of a generation, what went wrong in America? And we're addressing it today. Yeah. It's a book I've been working on for 20 years. The rage of a generation, what went wrong in America? We've lost a culture of honor. Mm-hmm. And that's cultivated in the home. And the father and the mother are instrumental in passing on a legacy of honor. And I do want to say that there is honor in keeping a marriage together. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And watching your children, observing what happens in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Marriage is a, a foundational divine institution in establishing the health and the sanity of a nation. As goes a family, so goes a nation. I'm perplexed by the discourse that we're having about politics and we're neglecting to discuss government, individual Mm self-government. The political discourse Mm -hmm. is secondary to the discussion of lawful authority and governance Mm -hmm. and the foundational institution that we should be discussing these principles of lawful Mm -hmm. authority and governance is is what's transpiring in the foundational institution Mm -hmm. that provides what's happening in the faith-based institutions and in civil government, which is the home. Yeah. And you know, when you came to talk to me about rest, I take it deeper. I take it immediately to our capacity and our necessity to establish individual Mm self-government. That means, no, you have a fingerprint. I have a fingerprint. There will never, ever, ever be another fingerprint like yours and mine. You know Mm -hmm. what that means? That you have a purpose. You have a mission. You are here, not by accident, but by design. And so at rest, right, we're compelled to help you establish what that is. Right. And even in the narrative of your story, I think that's the beauty of your story. If I could shift gears a little bit, how did all of this translate in the relationships you had with women and how you governed your body and how you grew into the place you're at today? So with where I was, I was 
constantly striving for affection from women. I desperately wanted to be loved. God, there's just so many things here. But so I didn't, I didn't know how to be committed or lo- I don't want to say loyal, but I didn't know how to be committed into a relationship. So when things got too, you can say too serious or you can say too rooted, I would actually reroute into a different relationship because I didn't know how to stay rooted. I didn't know how to stay committed to a single spot. I didn't know how to trust. I didn't know how to trust women, but I, de- I desired them, but I didn't know how to trust them. I mean, it took me a while before I probably realized how to just interact with one appropriately. And again, because um, you weren't sure how to trust yourself. I only saw the bad stuff in myself. I saw That's myself right. as uh, skinny. I saw myself as unpopular. I saw myself as angry and not doing well in school. I only saw the negatives in myself, which affected those relationships because then it took all that anger and aggression. And I, I wanted to love them, but I really didn't know how. I didn't really have training or just learning how. I had, to learn, I had to learn the rough way, the hard way. And so in terms of where relationships, sex was a very big part of the relationships and that's what I would crave for and I eventually came down to I didn't want a relationship well I desired we women, mistaken but... we mistaken passion for intimacy absolutely and the longing you had was for intimacy right and, that you didn't get at home and I, and I so exactly I wanted that intimacy but I didn't know how to get there and I really didn't I didn't know that's what I wanted absolutely I completely agree with you and so I settled for sex temporary pleasures or see that's the conversation we're not having <laughs> and it leaves yeah. the vacuum mm-hmm. in our soul bigger and bigger and bigger yeah this is a huge discussion and we're going to delve into this conversation Mm -hmm. because i think that is the cancer in a generation absolutely and a lie and it's fueled by marketing and and music and all this it's depicted as a physical act and it's not it's a very spiritual one that's right Mm -hmm. and i didn't know that at the time because i mean even in sex ed it's just it's sex ed all, all it ever taught me was basically how to do it and gave me a very general understanding on diseases and stuff like that that came from it but there was there wasn't really a connection that is brought to the table for kids to understand and there again disease comes from dis-ease that comes from confusion, chaos mm-hmm. within ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. And what happens is when the impulses of our flesh take over and they silence the voice of our convictions mm-hmm. of our conscience, yeah. it's the Bible just whatever, some people call it a sin because sin is an assault against mm-hmm. your soul. Yeah. Sin is an assault against your very soul. Violating your conscience. Right. And when we come from from chaotic homes, and by the way, the chaos sometimes is not systemic. It can be episodic. Mm-hmm. There can be a bankruptcy. There can be the betrayal of a partner, a loss mm-hmm. of a company. It can be the death of a child that derails an entire family. Mm-hmm. It can be all kinds of things. Let's These be- are not easy things to recover from. So in your case, we're talking about this is a systemic cultural it became a culture in the home yeah, of confusion and, and chaos so i want to keep going back to your specific story yeah. because it's one of confusion well, and chaos and it's systemic right in, and it manifested in yeah so in in that you had said something about like my fleshly desires i did not know how to properly govern myself in my in my own desires i didn't know how to properly manage or govern myself and what i was feeling so it went that direction and And there again there can be head injuries there can be very serious things Mm -hmm. right the derail i'm saying this for the benefit of our listening audience yeah because they there can be things that derail us and cause us to have impaired judgment Mm -hmm. but in your case you were saying i just want to remind us that this is the root of unlawful authority in the home Mm -hmm. and uh, confusion between the role of a man and the function of a woman and how it all works together in value and the impact it has on children. Would you also say that not having that lawful authority in the home, not not necessarily like having that full role model of watching your dad treat 
your mom a certain way and watching your mom treat your dad a certain way that that kind of skewed the way that you treated women at the time and like how you should treat them versus how you shouldn't treat them, how you should love them versus how you shouldn't love them. It definitely influenced because that's what I learned. I didn't yeah. have any other. You went with the role models that you had and exactly. that manifested I didn't have in your any, relationships. Exactly. I didn't yeah. have any, any other role models to look at besides what maybe I saw on TV. But then what I saw on TV, fantasy, what I, and then what I saw in reality just didn't match up. Yeah. You know, so there was confusion there. Right. Let me ask you something. How has that changed Yeah. since you came? into this community of rest how has that helped you reorganize so how that's helped me reorganize is it regroup it helped me regroup so now i know how to properly have conversations with women because one i understand my role but i also understand in terms of my own pains i have learned to when i feel something i don't just act on it i dig deeper and i sort it out before and then I can come to the table with the person I'm in a relationship with and be like, all right, this is what happened. This is what I'm, this is what I'm feeling. And this is, this is my take on it and come at it with a very respectful way instead of just going outlandish in terms of, I want, I need, I'm going to get, I want, I need, I'm going to get, or even just be like, you did this. And it's very, it's very, uh, it's very aggressive. It's very, um, it's on the offensive. It's not, Oh, how do it's I pointing it? the finger. It's pointing the finger, but it's to satisfy that I feel something versus trying to preserve and understand and build a relationship moving forward. Because mm-hmm. there's a difference. One is just satisfying the fact that I'm feeling something and I need you to realize that venting. I'm feeling something. Venting. venting. Exactly. What I'm able to do now is... You have the resource maybe to process what's happening inside of you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, to process and discern. That's the word I was looking for. To discern within myself. I'm feeling this because of this, because of this, you know, because everything we do is so much deeper than I even thought it was. So now I know that it's deeper. I can look for that deeper meaning and why, and then come to the table with that and handle that conversation properly. And I understand that as a man, passion for a woman is so, is, is so powerful. So now I'm, I'm more passionate it and I'm less lustful. I'm mm-hmm. less angry and I'm far more passionate. And when you understand the importance of creating that culture of honor, mm-hmm. maybe you're able to harness the passion is driven by the flesh, but conviction is driven by the soul. Yes. So you may feel passion, but you're able to regulate it with higher convictions that you've been able to reason through the mm-hmm. things you've suffered. The things you've suffered have caused you to understand the necessity of creating a culture of honor. And so what happens is you feel conviction to harness your passions because a passion just is something that is external. Mm -hmm. The external consequence and how that passion is manifested is regulated by the internal function of the soul, Mm -hmm. which has a higher moral standard and it's, it's regulated by our convictions. So I've seen you grow in understanding these things, although we've only met once for a very long period of time. Yeah. <laughs> you joined our discussion group, and I've seen you grow so much. And I listen carefully to the things you say. And it's a pilgrimage, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no end until we go home and we no. leave time. Exactly. But the beauty of your story, Gregory, is that... Your parents have had the courage to run a race. 
They ran the they ran the best race they could with the resources they had, mm-hmm. and now they've passed the baton off to you. Mm-hmm. And I love how you have chosen to run your leg of the race. And I mean love. I chose that word specifically because mm-hmm. it's exactly what I mean. Because to love is to have the capacity to set aside all of your passions and everything that you deem valuable about yourself, everything you think you know and you understand, you're able to set it aside for a moment to learn to listen to people more carefully. Mm -hmm. And to love somebody else, you have to die to yourself. Yes. Sacrifice. And nobody Mm -hmm. dies to themselves without suffering. Nobody puts their flesh, their passions, their intentions, their best intentions to death without suffering. And it's in the things we've suffered and in the things sometimes we're suffering that we realize, wait a minute, I'm not the center of the world. What I think, what I know, what I understand, what I reason, what I perceive, maybe isn't all there is to this story. And you're able to take in and process what's happening in the life of your mom and the life of your dad. And now you're compelled to say, how can I be an instrument of change in this? How can I be an instrument of healing? That is what it is to love. And I've seen you do that with your mom, with your dad. With my siblings, too. With your siblings and in how you honor and cherish a girl that you're dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe you want to have sex with her, but maybe that's not the most important thing in the relationship because you see what unharnessed passion is like a wildfire, right? I mean, I live with the the villas in this beautiful canyon. That's not where I live, but that's our office, right? And this villa is this 6,000 square foot magnificent place where we invite people to reason and have these deeper conversations and to learn about rest. Mm -hmm. But I have like seven fireplaces, six, seven fireplaces. Mm -hmm. I do not start a fire wherever I want. We have 200 (laughs) oak trees on the property, right? We don't just start a fire where we want. Yeah. And I'm compelled to start fires all the time because I love the sound. I love the smell. So does my husband. And something about having a conversation around a fire pit mm-hmm. with one glass of wine that lasts for hours and talking <laughs> or a cup of tea or hot chocolate mm-hmm. or whatever it is, is yeah. compelling. But I'll tell you what, if I started a fire under the oak trees, it would not be fun because there would be no way to contain that fire. And so when we talk about our intrinsic desire especially as men and women, for intimacy. Yeah. We have to see, okay, well, I long for intimacy, but I'm driven by passion. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's okay to be driven by passion, right? Mm -hmm. I must regulate my passion with conviction so that I can love well, so that I can live well. Yeah. And so that I can regulate my responsibility in this intimate relationship that I want to enter into now with my partner. Mm-hmm. Why? Because my mom and dad, this is what it is to bring honor to my family. Yeah. I'm not going to repeat this pattern. Mm-hmm. It's going to end with me. And I need my siblings to see that this can be done. Yeah, mm-hmm. It all has to be regulated yeah. by conviction. Exactly. Passion should be out of, we need to be careful how we use that word. We don't use words carefully, right? That's the external manifestation But everything is life-giving when it's regulated by deeper convictions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to your point, we need to assess where those convictions are coming from. Right. It also helps that we know what exactly it is we're going for. In just terms of the analogy of just running, if you are running with a blindfold on, you're going to be less eager to run as fast as you can. If you can see where you're going, and if you have a destination to where you're going to that you're excited to get to, you're going to run fast, hard, you're going to want to go there, and you're not going to... Be deterred. 
you're not yeah you're not going to be deterred you're also not going to settle for yeah. anything anything less than like you know if i want to be there in 30 minutes i'm going to be there in 30 minutes i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take the side roads i'm not gonna try to go around this way maybe i'll go you know go around casually or whatever you're gonna want to get there you're not gonna be you're not gonna settle for anything less than what you want so you have that destination in mind which is where it comes to regulating your passion you don't just abundantly give passion out like a river you know just don't you don't give it out just willy-nilly you need to have something you need to be passionate about and regulate yeah and those are difficult things to do if you don't understand the conflicts within yourself agree and the source of them outside of blaming your parents agreed or referencing your parents it needs to stop we need to say what's happening why where when did it start and how do i reconcile what's true and what's not about mm-hmm. this so that i can live with greater measures of freedom exactly. and bring this integrity into relationships and by the way and back to my family because you guys something i want to say is that you never stop growing up either do your parents yeah so this continuum somehow there's this lie we believe that we have babies we send them to school get them through college educate them and then they're off, they're married, and then that's it. Oh, no. No. The relationships, the complexity of everything becomes even more valuable and more significant mm-hmm. because look what you can bring back continuously to your family and to your mm-hmm. parents. I know you're always talking about how do we get them to experience and to understand and to listen to this matrix this method of rest, of reconciling conflicts, because it's life-giving. It's not like therapeutic, but it's... Rejuvenating. Yeah. It's rejuvenating. It's rejuvenating. It's more than therapy. It's life-giving. It's like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's mm-hmm. not static. Huh? It is yeah. life-giving. It's, it's life a life giving. force. It's a seed. Exactly. Yeah, seed we deposit. It's like charging a battery that's that feels that's like de- that feels depleted. You feel tired, run down, depleted. That's exactly what this does. Is it? It recharges your batteries and gives you this energy, uh, this energy and excitement. For and what's it tells you where to yeah. go yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we equip so that you can go to the source, which yeah. I believe the source is ultimately God. But Agreed. I believe that He's given us just like He did with our anatomy, right? Mm-hmm. My body's always negotiating everything we're talking about yeah. to keep me alive. It's right. getting. It's taking stuff in, it's processing them, it's throwing them out, it's keeping the good, it's trying to, it's the same conversation we've been having about this culture of honor and about what's lawful authority in the home. That's how our body stays alive, right? Mm -hmm. By keeping everything lawful and trying to keep everything in balance, harmony and coherence within itself, its anatomy. So we're just talking about how this manifests in our lives and our relationships. That said, I just want to thank you for your honesty, your vulnerability, transparency, and the integrity with which you um, engaged in this conversation. Because I think yours is the voice of a generation. And parents that are listening, I don't want them to think about all the things you messed up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to know that when you step into this community of rest, this space of rest, the whole dynamic with your children can be amazing. Your grown children can be mm-hmm. amazing. And grown children understand what rest is about so you can invite your parents into this whole different experience and if they don't want to go that's okay Mm -hmm. it's going to transform you one way or another the other thing i would say is this is why beyond the one-on-one obviously appointments we have available for people 
kind of tough because we're really booked out, but between the one-on-one encounters that we have with people that come here to understand what this reconstitution approach to healing is, we have events. We have a number of events. They're posted on our website and once a month between one and four, we have these amazing topics we discuss all in the context of rest. And it's important because the framework of the healing, Gregory, that you've kind of shared and this journey you embarked on, we kind of give the framework for that. So somebody that even attends one time, they have the resources to walk away and say, okay, wait a minute. My prism just went from five centimeters to a meter. My capacity to see things differently has just exponentially expanded. So with this, do you have any closing thoughts, Gregory? Once again, thank you for having me on. Everything we talked about is just about is using my own personal examples to understand myself so I can resolve the issues in myself. I love my parents and I love my family and I'm, I'm going to fight for them just like we all should with our family. That's right. Once again, thank you. And this has been a real great opportunity. I'm, I'm loving rest and I love just having you in my life now. And I've learned a lot from you and I can't wait to have more conversations and learning, learning more from you. Well, I love having you in my life and you are bright. You are beautiful. You're certainly a man. You're a hunk of a man. And and you you are just beautiful inside and out. I I just can't wait for people to see you and hear from you more often. So thank you so much, Gregory. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Virginia. So for updates about rest and this podcast, visit our Instagram at The Place of Rest. And if you'd like more information about Virginia or to support us and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Virginia also did talk about an event that be coming up, which is going to be June 11th, our afternoon of rest event for that month. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in, and we'll see you next time.